been the Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Gene No! and X-Men the Animated Series Podcast. I am your first co-host, Sarah Musek. I am your second co-host, Natalie Lopez. And I am co-host number three, Sonia Nam. Yeah, Natalie and Sonia, welcome back. So glad you're here. You were with us for Proteus Part 1, and now we are on to, Natalie, I'll let you do the honors. Proteus Part 2, and we start with Previously On. Previously on X-Men. Yeah, so we find out on Previously on X-Men, there is a kid named Kevin. So Kevin's inside this huge orange energy monster, Proteus. Moira calls Professor X for help about him. She also calls her ex-husband, Joe McTaggart, and is like, Kevin's out. And she begs him to talk to the boy. And Professor X finally catches on that Moira is hysterical all the time about this and demands, you know, what haven't you told me, which he should definitely ask because <laughs> I wrote down, which he should definitely ask because she told him that Kevin has lived at the Research Center his whole life. So every episode of X-Men, the animated series at the Muir Island Research Center, Kevin was also there. He will not come back. He is looking for his father. Moira finally, in a tortured moment, admits that he's her son. And Proteus defeats all of them with his reality-warping powers and really does a number on Wolverine by, as Natalie put it last episode, Wolverine Dali. Oh, man, just just liquefying the poor guy. He's a broken man, yeah. That's going to feature prominently in this episode so we we start the episode proper wolverine's got his head in his hands he says i'm fine i don't need your help but he definitely needs someone's help and rogue asks you want to talk about it he says not now not ever wolverine open up you i feel like i feel like wolverine i wonder what wolverine would think of ted lasso like i wonder if he would either like hate it like and like just put his claws through the tv or if he would be like that guy roy kent he's all right i was just gonna say he's he's basically season one roy kent if he never made any progress yeah 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 just maybe sees sees a lot of himself so anyway poor moira is beside herself because her son has run away on his like materializing slide thing and uh beast is actually the voice of reason he is not just the voice of pomposity and (laughs) quoting of ancient authors he says might i suggest we find proteus's father joseph mctaggart and plan to confront him there and i wrote beast that was really smart good job (laughs) I said, good idea. Duh. 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 But you know, sometimes the X-Men need that that little that little help because they do. Proteus keeps yelling, I have to find my father. And this is the moment when Yeah, Daddy. And Beast kind of catches on. It's like, hey, maybe we should go find his dad too. Good one. Good one. There's a weird moment when Moira says that Joe won't accept their help. Uh, Professor X says Joe's the least of their worries and then there's a weird shot to the back of Wolverine clearly having a really hard time and so because initially I thought when Professor X said that Joe's the least of their worries he really meant Kevin but the way it's shot it makes it look like Wolverine's problems are really the problem in this episode that was an odd choice it was an odd choice it was an odd choice but keeps us keeps us the audience on our toes 
So here comes Kevin on a big cement wave or something. Uh, there's preparation for some sort of celebration for the, it, it first you only see secretary on the banner. It's the secretary of something, but we see later it's secretary of state. And I just wanted to share that I looked up the secretary of state in Scotland and it is not an elected position. The Secretary of State of Scotland is appointed by the King as advised by the Prime Minister. And Natalie, I see you nodding. Did you see the term length? Oh, no, I didn't. Term length, His Majesty's pleasure. That's glorious. Indeed. So anyway, whatever reality we're in, it's a different one. So that's fine. That's fine. Kevin's go going to his dad's house. He's like, who are those children? And we see some things we see uh, underneath this banner include big beefy dudes carrying balloons. We see poor Thomas trying to get Maeve to like him. Apparently she was talking about saving the whales, but he thought that she meant saving whales, the country. And, you know, I just want to zoom out here a little bit. We all we all grew up in the 90s and remember saving the whales. Remember when we were so concerned about saving the whales and uh, yeah. it's a different time. It's different times now. But but on the bright side, remember, there was that one lonely whale who who talked on that one frequency and there were no other whales on the frequency. And then another whale joined the frequency. And so that whale is no longer the loneliest whale. They they are friends oh. now. So there's there's oh. hope, everyone. Well, um, not to nerd out or anything like that, but you know there was a movie that Star Trek did uh, about whales not existing anymore in our future. Mm -hmm. Star Trek for the voyage home. Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, so whales are very important. Speaking, I'm so of glad you brought up Trek. Yeah, I wish, Natalie, I wish you had been in New York. So this past weekend, there is a pair, un unauthorized Star Trek musical called Khan, the unauthorized Star Trek musical. The it is so much better than it has any right to be. The premise is that Lieutenant Commander Data has watched like 4,000 hours of musicals and has decided to create his own. And he has selected <laughs> as his subject the events of Wrath of Khan. And the actors were outstanding, and the whales get a big shout out in the closing number. Oh, full circle. Full circle. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, hey, mm. hey, friends, if you ever find yourself in a location where Khan the Musical is showing, endorsed, endorsed by this podcast slash me. All right. Okay. So, anyway, poor, poor Thomas and Maeve could not connect over saving the whales, but uh oh, here comes Kevin who takes over Thomas. Suddenly, it's a ghost town, and Kevin Thomas, I wrote Kevin Thomas, but then I realized I know a Kevin Thomas, like I know such an individual, he's a very good actor, who actually played Cyclops in one of my X-Men musicals once. Oh, man, the world's a weird place. Anyway, it's like, it's like- You had an X-Men musical? Oh, yeah, Sonia. It's, it's, it's so fun. Xmas, oh a Merry God. Mutant musical. It's, a, it's like a holiday My parents special. run around quoting it oh. to this day. That's like lightning, thunder, kaboom! <laughs> Yay! I need to talk to you more about this. Okay, we'll we'll talk more. Yeah, okay. no, not a problem, not a problem at all. So, but it is a little bit like in this episode. It's a little bit like high noon again because Kevin's on one side of the street. It's like a ghost town, and here come the X Men on the opposite side of the street. 
Uh, Wolverine doubles over and yells, he's over there. Proteus runs. He emerges from Thomas and the civilians flee from the big orange energy monster. Mama tries to appeal to him. It's time to come home. But Kevin is not having it. Kevin blames his mom for what happened with his father. He's like, you never gave him a chance. No one can keep me from him. He's so mad. He lets off energy and he ruins like everything around him, which is also ruined. So they're like in the middle of some ruins. Ancient Roman aqueducts just trashing them, sir. I wrote, it's an aqueduct, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is standing in the water the next time we see them. And I do love the moment Kevin's like, leave me alone. And Wolverine's line is, I wish I could. (laughs) (laughs) He really does. He really does. Remember those big beefy bros with balloons earlier? Beast saves them. Wolverine surfs on a log and Rogue puts a wall back in place. I have to note, um, Beast's uh, little trench coat and hat number. Mm. In my notes, it's Incognito. Um, is how I <laughs> label him <laughs> because what are you doing? <laughs> yep, I believe some some other co-hosts have referred to it as the Ninja Turtles classic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So Kevin leaves everything that's weird about reality, goes back to normal, and we finally find out the big problem. Moira reveals to the X-Men that Joe left her because of Kevin. He did not want a mutant for a child. So we know we know that Kevin is walking into a hostile, if we didn't know already, but like an extra hostile environment. And it's so tough, especially like, isn't that like a kid's greatest fear that like your parents don't want you or like the person who is supposed to love you doesn't love you that is like that is some rough stuff you know what this is kind of parallel to that movie we gotta talk about kevin the movie is messed up about that movie yeah it can be just the listeners if you've never seen that movie that's what i'm referencing that makes it does. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Kevin wasn't Tilda Swinton in it. Yeah, that's why I watched. I was like, "Love me some Tilda." I'm gonna smell some popcorn and watch it. What is this? Mm -hmm. It was rough. So yeah, there's some uh, comparisons we can make with that movie and what Mm -hmm. that Kevin and this Kevin is. They're not the same, but you know, their parents kind of trash. I really want to write something called The Tale of Two Kevins now, and I don't have any other details besides that, but I am ready and willing, universe, to manifest do that. It, do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just want to express um, genuine shock um, and surprise that the candidate running on the Family Values platform is intolerant of his own family. Oh, that's we- it's weird, right? I didn't see that coming. Mm. <laughs> It's very, you're, I, I like what, I see what you're doing there. I take in the subtext and, uh, and I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. 
Um, okay, so the X-Men find Joe the xenophobe. I mean, what's his name? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, it's like the next morning, Kevin sees a cop and decides that he'll know where my father is. So then he takes over the cop. Yes. And, Hop on cop. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Dr. Seuss book, right? Hop on cop. Yeah. <laughs> so in that universe. At Joe McTaggart's campaign headquarters, it's mostly empty, and I wrote, Joe's a real effing gem, <laughs> and he's talking to the X-Men who get there first. Joe says, Moira wanted custody. Kevin isn't my problem anymore. What do you want me to do? Put him on telly? Oh, man, that's not nice. I know, Natalie's got two fingers for Joe McTaggart. <laughs> You should not be elected secretary of anything. And I really love that the professor just clearly hates him, just openly <laughs> despises him. And I think there are a variety of reasons. It's not just this, but also this. Mm -hmm. It's not not this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Joe's also all Scottish and like, I don't want people remembering I'm divorced, much less a father to a, and Moira's like, son. Oh, good one, Moira. Well, say it. Say it. I, say it. I'm a little. I'm a little late, but I. I can understand why Xavier doesn't like him. He knocked his lady up. He knocked her up. He left, and then now he's like being a big, big old turd, just a big stinky poop person. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Don't like. No me gusta. Uh, then things get real heated. Joe tells Moira to tell Kevin that the professor is his father because she always wanted it that way. And it was just like, oh, right. I know Natalie's still got a figure going for Joe, but it's just like, that is so low. That is so low. And but professor comes back with you fool McTaggart. He's coming for you, whether you like it or not. Theater actors, everybody. Theater actors got those voices. Mm. Uh, Joe McTaggart says, I appreciate your offer of protection, but I've got my own. That was a really bad accent, but that was the I one. thought it was. I was just like, where did that yeah, come from? Yeah, where did that come from? So, <laughs> not my best work, friends. Joe um, McTaggart. Joe Mc oh, Joe McTaggart. I hope you come to the Strawberry Festival. Uh, so... <laughs> You know who else isn't doing a good job? Joe McTaggart with his protection. He says he doesn't need the X-Men's protection. It brings out these two bottom barrel thugs. And yeah. I'm like, Wolverine just got liquefied. I would not be so confident that your, no. your dudes are going to be able to stand up to Proteus. Mm -mm. No, the only bouncer that maybe could stand a chance is Patrick Swayze. Otherwise, mm. just stop it, Joe. No, no fool it's funny my my boyfriend's name is also joe and he's going to be editing this episode so every time we're like joe you suck <laughs> I'll, have to like give him, I'll give him a heads up it's not you i will share now uh joe heads up i did write joe's a dick it's not about you no it's and not. i look forward to meeting you no great <laughs> so i did write that though no i i don't blame you so scene change we're at the mctaggart estate uh, it's an English manor. It, 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 did it kill anybody else that there was an apostrophe in the McTaggarts? It said the McTaggarts with an apostrophe in it. I know Natalie's a librarian. I was an English major. I don't, I don't like that. And 
it, it, it is so then i'm like well what is a mctaggart but then i'm like oh it's a son of taggart so then it's like you could say it is the son of taggarts as a singular but i don't think that's what they meant and i'm not going to give them that leeway <laughs> So here comes cop Kevin, rent a cop, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin inside a cop, Kevin, ride a cop, <laughs> Kevin, ride a cop, dissolves the fence, but then rings the doorbell. And I had a question about how he knew to do that. If he grew up inside a lab, maybe it's just like, what's like, this? Maybe he had a TV? Like maybe he had a TV because he knew yeah. that the cop would know oh, where true. they lived. So maybe he had like, you know, one hour of TV a day in between like laser sessions or something. Okay. Okay. I'll buy, I'll buy it. And you then can't when- watch your child 24 seven, you've got to plop them in front of a TV once in a while so you can get a break. Sure. Yeah. You know? I don't you- have a child, so I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, do you do that? I don't either. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, I do that with my dog. I'm just like, okay, you watch some TV, Telly. Telly, watch some Telly. <laughs> And so, but Kevin is not patient. He rings the doorbell, and when no one comes, immediately he just dissolves the wall. He walks. Impatient. I know. Real. Kevin is very impatient. Yeah, he's waited this whole moment to meet his dad, and he. (laughs) (laughs) He walks in. So he walks in with his his police baton and there's a little girl uh and a little boy there are pictures of the new wife and kids the kids are having fun the little girl's in a tartan skirt because scotland he like kind of runs away and goes through the ceiling upstairs he sees the family values poster again and a message that says come to the union hall today yeah Nat. um oh just those little half siblings bless them i know mm-hmm. I know they don't even know. They don't. They're even not. Know. Not yet. They don't even know. Not yet. They're, they're, they're too young to figure out whether or not they're mutants. Okay. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, and it's a different genetic makeup, right? Because you've only got Joe, and then you've got the new wife. The new wife. The new wife. And actually, Moira got retconned as a music as a music. That's my last name. Moira got retconned as a member of my personal family. No, she got retconned as a mutant <laughs> in the past few years. She was always really? the, the X-Men's staunchest uh, human ally. And uh-huh. when uh, Jonathan Hickman took over the books for the House of X, Powers of X run that like reset the X-Men most recently. Moira was revealed to be a mutant who reincarnates. And this so is... she's no longer an ally? She's just... Well, no, she's kind actually of kind of... Yeah, it's a little... We'll talk about it offline, Sonia. There's it's oh. really there's a lot going on. Like she's so she was an ally that like becomes a villain. It's one of those things. Oh, she became a villain? Mm-hmm. Man, I haven't been reading up on these books. That's okay. That's okay. It's uh should should I have kept mm-hmm. up as long as I have? That's a lot of money and a lot of brain space, but here we are. I mean, uh that line from Batman is so true about, you know, die here die young and a hero or you'll or grow old and become a villain type of thing. Oh, I feel like rings true with because didn't Cyclops? I I left a long time ago, but didn't mm. Cyclops become a bad boy too? Oh yeah, Cyclops. Cyclops went kind of like right wing, which which one can oh. see? One can see how that would. I mean, from a mutant perspective, sort of like mutant oh, nationalist. Mm. 
But he also All started right. banging Emma Frost, which I still have problems what? with. I know. That was like, he, while Jean was dead again, he was with She Emma died again? She oh, my God. Again, but Scandal. then she's back. She's but I do want to talk about my favorite my favorite moment, and the um, the writer of this comic has since been publicly shamed, so I will not reveal who wrote it. But there uh, there's a moment where we see Cyclops and Emma Frost in bed; they're asleep, and the angle changes to find Wolverine perched on the end of their bed. They wake up, and he said, "Is this what grief looks like?" <laughs> and it was like it, it was just like oh so that was that was one of my favorite Damn. moments that wolverine wolverine brought it to them because they sucked during that year ice cold ice cold wow. ice cold nice. <laughs> i know <laughs> oh, it still reeling. i know so cold <laughs> so cold Anyway, Joe Ooh, Mc- I know that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Joe McTaggart's wife walks in and cop Kevin uh, floats out and closes closes the wall behind him. Poor wife just drops her book and I guess she thought that was okay. Meanwhile, in some sketchy part of town, Joe is in a really plush office talking to some patron question mark. We still don't know who this guy is. This guy is clearly someone very specific that's never revealed, but I'm referring to him as Raz al Ghul because of the hair. <laughs> and I know it's not Raz al Ghul, but he's got real Raz al Ghul hair, and that violet coat is something that Raz al Ghul, who's a Batman villain for anybody who doesn't know, uh, that Raz al Ghul. He's not supposed to be in this universe. Yeah, he's but, not supposed right. to be in this universe, but it really, I don't know. I just think he would be comfortable as that character. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get then we get more weirdness, right? So Joe McTaggart's talking to Raz al Ghul. Rogue is floating outside watching. Then she sneaks in through the vents. Then she leaves from the, so she's outside of the house. She goes inside of the house to tell the professor she needs a shower after babysitting that slime. Then she leaves the house again. <laughs> then it is like nighttime. Then it's daytime again. What, and I just wrote, what is going on with time on this day? But I'm going to blame Kevin because he warps reality and maybe yes, there's some enough. weird time stuff. Everybody's headed to the Union Hall. We knew that. We know that's the big event from the poster and Joe McTaggart's home. All the balloons are up, so our beefy bros apparently delivered all their balloons. Joe is shaking hands. The X-Men are on walkie-talkies. Logan is in the basement wearing his finest bolo tie and getting spooked by a rat. And it's one of my favorite lines in this episode. I don't know if you guys got this. Wolverine reports in and says, no angry boy clouds in the basement. (laughs) I must have missed that. (laughs) I just love that there is a writer who's like, what would Wolverine say? I know. Uh I had a question about the town hall stuff. Um, Did anyone else notice that Beast was reading a book and the title was like... Blurred out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What on earth? I'm guessing that like, it was on there and then they couldn't get the rights to put it on the book. Mm-hmm. Or there I was wondered. something wrong with it. Like, you know, like either it wasn't what it was supposed to be, like it wasn't what he's quoting or mm-hmm. something like that. 
Interesting. I, know. I wonder if, like, back in the day, it actually had, it wasn't blurred. Oh. Right, like, was it always blurred, or was it, like, has since been blurred? Yeah. Yeah. Because, hmm. you know, nowadays, you know, things aren't okay. Certain things aren't okay. Oh, that's you know? possible. Yeah, that's so now okay. it's blurred. Um, yeah, yeah, making of the something, and I... I entertain thoughts of going down a rabbit hole like were there any banned books with that title and then I was just like eh I'm good <laughs> it's been a long enough week let's not research books right now <laughs> it's all good that's fine just fine just let just let just let beast just let these read it's all fine right so Kevin takes over one of Joe's thugs bodies who saw that coming everyone Joe takes the stage everybody claps and he's like I take that as support for my platform for every family in Scotland for our children. And we all hate him. <laughs> and Rogue is like, guess he lacks children if they ain't his. I've seen that happen before. And then we get flashback. We have seen this in X-Men the Animated Series before with Rogue's mutant hating father, her bigot daddy, and she cries. Mm-hmm. tough times good day i'm glad that rogue found real family with the x-men though that's good then this one of the the redeeming things about the x-men is they're like oh your family doesn't love you we will love you because you're come great. On in. yeah come on in we got room for everybody so uh Professor X gets a sense that Proteus is in the hall, which he tells them. Proteus immediately emerges from the thug. Joe goes on about how important his children are. And it's just, it hurts. Because Joe keeps going on about children. And then poor Proteus and his big orange, he's sort of like an orange Betamax, right? He's a big... Big orange buddy. Father, it's Kevin. And the audience runs. Rogue Beast and some cops dive in. Kevin rolls up the cops in the floor and he throws an air punching tantrum. Get that anger out. And then Professor X calls him Wolverine, who has a kind of panic attack PTSD episode when he first sees Proteus and he is just tormented. I can't. Oh oh my God. I felt that too. (laughs) Go to the door. He's like, no. And for the first time we've ever seen in X-Men the Animated Series, this is well into season four. Wolverine runs away. That I can't. I can't. Oh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. So that leaves Beast and Rogue to counter Proteus. And Joe Joe confronts Raz al Ghul, who he calls useless. <laughs> who was that guy? What was he supposed to do? I'm guessing that he had a much bigger part in like a like the original scripts. And now he's just specific guy Henchman, with, with Raz hair and like purple coat. All right. Professor X tries to reason with Kevin and tell him, look, like you frightened your dad. And, but Kevin's not having it. Kevin, like I wrote, he kind of phoenixes out. Like he, he lights up and like, like fire. And suddenly there's water everywhere. He turns the chandelier into bats and he, he attacks. Havoc. Yeah. Absolute Mm -hmm. havoc, but not havoc. AKA Alex Summers different this is more general habit yeah no no 
Fortunately, Wolverine has not gone far. He appears with Moira to drag Professor X out of a pit that he's fallen into that Kevin has made. And I wrote that this battle doesn't make a ton of sense unless you consider that Kevin actually doesn't really want to hurt anybody. Like, he's just trying to, like, make things, like, get things to happen. But if he was really trying to hurt them, he really could. Yeah. He just wants to see his daddy. <laughs> daddy. Did, did anyone else make a note of the flames and or even hope that the flames were going to do the thing and then they did the thing? Tell us. Did say, you see it? No, I did. Oh, that they made the X. That there were real flames again. Oh, was it real flames again? <laughs> they used real fire ah! footage again. And I was like, yes, yes. I was like, flames, do the thing, do the thing. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they use real flame footage. I was so excited. <laughs> that was that was high end tech in those days. It's so good. Oh man, yeah. So uh, let's see, let's see. Where where were we? So uh, Wolverine says, "Better talk to your boy, Professor, because he ain't listening to any of us." And it's like, Wolverine, you are. Look, I feel bad for you, but you are not making a constructive contribution at this time. Maybe the 37th time is the charm. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be Team Wolverine and say, you know, he's still <laughs> traumatized by being turned into, like, you know, yeah. unsubstantive mass. You know, like, yeah. he was dissolved and then back together. That's going to, that doesn't go away too quickly. So I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to fight for my boy Wolverine. Logan, I'm with you. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Pro the professor tries to talk to Proteus again. Proteus is just like, I want my father. And then really sad. He says, my father wants me. Get out of my way. And it's like, oh, heartbreaking, kid. Heartbreaking. And so Proteus goes off again. Professor X observes that they actually cannot stop him. They will not be powerful enough to stop him powers wise. And uh, they need to try and reason with him. But Moira is like, nope, it's time for something. Time for me to do something now. And I wrote, I mean, now? Like, why not before? But I get it. Like, she was not willing to harm Kevin before because that is that is her son. But she's seeing how much destruction he is reeking across the land, and we get the great Wolverine line. I say we nail him. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> that, that was the line that I wanted. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for that. Nice. And Rogue gets real mad. She confronts him. When he was tossing us around, where were you hiding? And Wolverine says, back off, corn pone. Corn pone. <laughs> 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 oh boy beast tries to empathize he's really taking logan's side he says this really must be hard for wolverine because he's like really never felt this way before but mm -hmm. wolverine really can't take anyone being nice to him he gets offended you calling me a coward blue boy and fortunately, Professor X interrupts to make it about him again. <laughs> and we get Thanks this goodness. line. Moira is about to go do something. She may try to destroy her own son. Do you know what that means to her? To me? And it's like, man, this is not, this isn't, this isn't your, this isn't about you. Again, <laughs> this isn't. Yeah, go ahead, Chuck. Oh Tell God. us what this means to you. Go ahead. Let's. <laughs> Let's see. Let's look. Go ahead. 
self-centered self-centered SOB her to me (laughs) (laughs) my cow's listen to voice actor you acted the heck out of that Uh, later we get a newscaster in the rain and news always gets us some exposition we find out that Joe McTaggart has spun this in the election campaign saying that the attack was by his opponent nice try Kevin floats in over the clouds and Joe McTaggart is addressing a new body of folks. It's almost like the town hall again. It's like town yeah. hall part two guys in robes, which I didn't. Yeah. The yeah. Red robes. Red yeah. robes. Uh, what does that mean? Is that something in Scotland? I'm guessing it is. I'm guessing okay. it's, uh, it's Scottish listeners. If you could provide some clarification. <laughs> yeah. The election of the actual real life appointed. <laughs> Secretary of State <laughs> is that presided over by men in robes. Help us out. We need to know. Help, help three girls out. <laughs> so lost. And uh, Rogue refers to Joe as slick as hog fat. She True. sure does. I don't get it. Uh, just that he's real slimy. Okay. Uh, the professor continues to hate on Joe, rightfully so. He says Joe McTaggart decided long ago that his career was more important than his son. Now, if you have read the comics, you know that that's pretty effing rich coming from Charles Xavier, because Charles Xavier's relationship with his son, David Holler, is not dissimilar uh, to to what's going on here where he kind of didn't really want anything to do with him and his son was an out-of-control mutant. So pot calling the kettle black if you've got that background. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True fact. So Joe does it again. Joe digs himself a hole by going on about his love for his children. So, of course, Kevin is there. And it breaks my heart. You know, this is like little kids saying stuff when he says, people say you don't want to see me, but it's not true. Like, oh, kid, you're killing me. You're killing me. He descends from the ceiling. Wolverine runs away. Again, the audience runs away. It's like the same setup, just slightly different. Maybe Kevin is stinky. He just smells. You know, we can't smell through the TV. And maybe people are running away not because of what he looks like. Because he he doesn't look offensive. He just probably smells offensive. Yeah, without smell-o-vision, it's really hard. It's really hard to tell whether or not it's (laughs) his actual looks or his actual odor. I don't know. I have a question. Mm. So he, uh, uh, early on, Moira had said, like, oh, he communicates, you know, telepathically, so he doesn't really talk. At what point, or what, like, what we're hearing, is he actually saying it out loud that people can hear versus <gasps> it's all, like, happening? So really what the townspeople are seeing is just, like, this blob that's just, like, doing stuff and we don't even hear it. Like, what? Oh, that's how, interesting. How do we, that's how do they know? That's possible. Yeah. Well, I wonder though, I wonder if he, because we don't know how much control he has over his telepathy. He may be broadcasting. Like, so the crowd may hear it because, like, he's not using his mouth to talk. He talks that way Uh Uh from his mind. So, yeah, but but I could see it either way. It might be that, you know, he's really just talking to whoever he's talking to. Huh. 
Get Come in those on, comments. Come on, you clarify. <laughs> Do better. Yes. It's physics. I can't Let's take the ambiguity. So the press ambiguity, ambiguity, uh, the <laughs> the press capture everything, and Professor X tells Beast to stand aside so that Proteus and his dad can actually talk. But Joe runs away and calls for security. Kevin is so hurt he blasts through the ceiling. But here come Banshee and Moira. So Moira said she was going to do something. She did. She got her hot Irish fiance and the laser <laughs> and came back. So. Wolverine's got his courage back, but Kevin just blows him away. Banshee's got the laser and Moira says, you know, she tells the X-Men, if you can't stop him, I'll have to. So Professor X goes one more time. My name is Charles Xavier. You know, I know Natalie's making the the kind of like the wrap up sign. Uh, One more, one more chance. I've come to help you face your rage. And he invites Kevin to possess him. And basically, I I can I can prove I know your pain. So Kevin does it. He possesses the professor. He tells Kevin, "I have helped many like you. I have learned to uh, trust. Uh, let's see, you have to learn to trust people who care about you, like your mother and father." Which is sort of a weird thing to say because his dad doesn't care about him right now. But I see what the professor's trying to do. Just like calm him down. So Kevin, he actually does get through to Kevin. Maybe it was about Professor Xavier after all. So Kevin is Kevin again. He comes back as himself, hugging the professor. Moira hugs him. And then in the greatest turnabout in these two episodes, Joe McTaggart begs Kevin's forgiveness. Now, is he doing it for the press? Or is he doing it? I hope he's doing it for himself. That look on Natalie's face. <laughs> she is not, <laughs> not taken in by this, this uh, hot Sorry, guy. listeners. Sorry you can't see <laughs> Natalie's face. But she's serving. She's very serving. <laughs> my notes on this is, uh, this is some bullshit. <laughs> Joe carries Kevin out in his arms and Professor X clearly has feelings about it. Let me ask something. Why why is Joe McTaggart carrying his son who's 17 years old uh like in a little baby thing like he's he's like a little like infant. Does he he's been walking this entire time traveling he's been surfing the like, land. Yeah, like I don't understand. Is he now like a a little little tiny boy that I, I don't know maybe it's a sweet moment I don't know but I think it's supposed it's to be right like because basically it's like he gathers his son in his arms sort of thing like but would you carry your no, son that way especially I mean, since he, he, I, he he's not a young I don't think McTaggart is a young man I don't think he can carry his son that way maybe if he held him like you know like one of those hug bear hug type ways and carried him out that way he's too big to be carried that way i was gonna say a fireman's carry actually i i Uh agree with that because i remember growing up my my dad was um was a wrestler when he was younger and like a weightlifter and so he always you know carried me up to bed and i remember there came a certain age when he had to do the fireman's carry he's like we're not gonna we're not gonna do the front carry anymore like you're you've got fireman's carry you know my dad always called it the sack of potatoes, Carrie. 
<laughs> that reminds me what I'm sure I, Natalie I feel like your dad would have done this like we there was also like the game where like I would hide under the covers and he would like make a big deal that there was a lump in the bed and like lump you have to leave just before Sarah yeah he's gotta smooth it down lump you have to yeah. leave and I would just giggle good times <laughs> Oh, did you, That's did you, what Kevin wanted. He wanted to be a lump he wanted in a bed. Yes. yes. That is what Aww. Kevin really wanted. He wanted a dad who loves him. And Poor I hope Kev. I hope that that's what's up for him. In the meantime, though, he doesn't seem to have laser treatments. He gets to play a game with shapes. He gets to play <laughs> with Banshee, who is also a dad. We we haven't met Siren yet, but she's, she's out there. Guess what, Natalie? She also screams. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> That's exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. And uh, Kevin still gets angry, but he's learning to control it. And then we get uh, a moment with Wolverine and Rogue out on the cliff. And Wolverine is like, I don't know how he faced that thing. And Rogue tries to comfort him. Right? She says, in our business, we all get shook up now and again. And Wolverine says, what? I don't. Mm. And then he walks away. Oh, so dramatic. There was so much high drama, opera-level drama in these two episodes. I can't read my handwriting. I was wondering if that was some sort of foreshadowing for, like, the next things. Because I didn't watch anything after this. So I was like, is this, like, foreshadowing? Or is this just, like, kind of cementing his dramatic, like, arc? Like, it's done now. He's... Like survived. There's I only feel like one... Wolverine does that all the time, though. Like he has to say something and just be like stoically, like walk away. That's for you listening. Was my because you guys couldn't visually see what I was doing. Sonia, when Hugh Jackman retires, I really hope you show up to that open call for Wolverine. Am I vote? I mean, I'm the size. I'm his size. He's a bit short. He's Actually, yeah. Me too. We're both we're both yeah. Wolverine size. We should I'm both here. go to the open call. Wait. Come on. <laughs> Do it, I don't do think it. I've well actually I don't think either of us are quite burly enough, but we would meet the size requirement. CGI, come on. Oh, good point. Good point. And also AI is AI is ruling everything, so we never know what's gonna happen. True fact. Mm-hmm. True fact. Yeah. So, friends, this was a relatively happy ending, all things considered. Uh, Joe McTaggart may have redeemed himself. Kevin gets to be out in the world and have people who care about him. That's nice. Uh, yeah. What, what didn't you get to say? Any any observations, thoughts, questions you didn't get to share? Well, that line that Wolverine says, let's nail him, has yeah. different context nowadays. Versus what he was sure, dead. sure, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that word usage. So when he said that, I busted out laughing so loud that Telly got Telly, my dog, got scared. And he was just like, "What the hell is going on?" And I had to calm him down a little bit. And I was just like, "It's context. It's just mommy was right. just laughing at that context." Yep. Yeah, the 2023 lens. <laughs> Poor Telly, a threatening amount of humor. <laughs> Great. Well, let's uh, let's close up on this one. What a great two-parter we've had. So we, at the end of every episode, we do give out an Oscar for the person with the greatest dramatic performance. And I know we gave it to Wolverine last time. Does Wolverine get it again this time? Does someone else get it this time? What are y'all thinking? I'm going to be a little controversial. Mm. 
I'm going to give it to Joe. <gasps> All right. Say more. Say more. Well, here's the thing. You know, this entire time he was like, no, get away from me. I don't want to be near you. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I don't know. I just feel like he gained love for his son towards the end, which is why, you know, like we had the happy ending. And I really liked it. Um, but part of me, you know, the, the cynical side of me, I was like, is this all a dream? Is this because you know how Proteus can manipulate shit, whatever, and are we in that Franklin, we talked about Franklin Richard, Franklin and, Richard and his little yeah. spirit Are we all in that? And we're just being, manip- our feelings are just being manipulated? I don't know. But if we're going to look at it, you know, in a way where, you know, all of this is true, and I feel like mm-hmm. Dick Taggart really did, you know, mm-hmm. make a turn and, and became, uh, you know, quote unquote, manned up and become, became the father that he should. Mm. <laughs> I the do, I do agree from the perspective of if this were human Oscars, then that performance would have gotten an Oscar, right? The, oh, the okay. redemptive character arc. I mm. agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Natalie, any thoughts? No objection. I, I appreciate your optimistic take on him and I will support you in this. Oh, I'd also okay. like to give, I, I think I can be convinced on Joe. I'd also just like to give honorable mention to Kevin. I think that oh. his, you know, I really, I felt for him. And especially the way he talked, it really was like a little kid who just wanted his parent. And I wanted that for him. And again, he got it. So yay. Yay. Yeah. Happy, happy ending. MVP? Who is the who is the MVP of this one? Ooh. Banshee. <laughs> Banshee showed up at the in in a clutch moment. Banshee mm-hmm. showed up with a laser for his lady and her son. That's, right. That's my nomination. Yeah, like Ben though he did not show his superpowers, so I was a little disappointed. I can I hear that, but also how awesome is it that he can just be a guy? Like he That's doesn't true. have to flex all over the place. It's true. There you go, That's Wolverine. <laughs> 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 and who, uh, who who do you think is the uh the or sorry sorry we co- we covered the who's what's a favorite lines any favorite favorite lines i know let's nail them was one of them yep, yep. and uh i still love back off corn pone <laughs> back off corn pone my other favorite no angry boy clouds in the basement well one i do like and I kind of like laugh, but also cry. And also like, I have so many emotions with it is the, I can't one. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's funny, but I also know the emotional uh, tie to it, but it's just like, I'm crying a little bit because she was like, so yeah, no, that's it though. Like we're not a rough time. And for me to sit here actually pitying, that character mm. like that's a lot like dude went through a lot and then i can't even blame him for just bailing like bye <laughs> like no way so i say wolverine wolverine gets two awards one for being a smart ass and one for revealing his soul good for good for you logan yeah his vulnerability <laughs> yes oh this invulnerable guy showing his vulnerable built i can't say words sorry <laughs> we could go scottish vulnerability yeah right, right. Oh, as in his vulnerability was so attractive 
Yeah, see, you're good. You, you're good, Natalie. Only a man now. He's so, a man now. My apologies to any Scottish listeners out there or I'm anyone in the United so Kingdom. Sorry. This was not a fair representation of your people. I apologize. Blame the cartoon. <laughs> this is true. They, this is... they did not do a good job for the Scottish, uh, you know, representation. No, particularly the little half siblings. I did. I did note. Oh yeah, their, their accents in particular were. <laughs> rough. rougher than running through a patch of stinging nettle oh. good one good one oh. <laughs> oh, man. so this so this has been proteus part two of our two-parter thank you for joining us so this is Jean. no we uh have episodes releasing just about every week sometimes more than once a week every once in a while Woo! not once a week because of vacation but you'll see there's a regular cadence and we'll be back next time but in the meantime check us out on instagram or facebook at gene dash no with three three o's there's four no, o's four. i'm the one who made it there's four o's <laughs> friends we're tired we we gotta we, we gotta go to bed listeners i hope you go to bed too good night gene no an x-men the animated series podcast 